Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today I'm joined by Nikki Penny, an empowerment coach. So thank you for joining us, Nikki Penny, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. So it's lovely to be here. Um, So I'm an empowerment coach and I have been coaching in this guise for about four years now. Um, prior to that, I was um, in corporate human resources for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And my story is is a not uncommon one that mm-hmm. um, I achieved a lot quite young. I was in my relatively early 30s when um, I was offered a director level position in the organization that I was in and I turned it down. Mm-hmm. And the reason for turning it down was I realized that I was already giving far more of myself than I wanted to in the role I was doing at the level below. I kind of had an instinct that things were, I wasn't really being true to the things that the the authentic version of me wanted. And it felt like a step too far. So I on the one hand, I was flattered to be offered such a senior position at a relatively young age. And thankfully, my intuition kicked in and went, you're already stretched <laughs> way too far. And I said no. And, and that then took on a real, what I did as a result of that, what then followed has changed my life, which led me to creating this business. And it's been quite a ride. Wow. Well, that sounds super interesting. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> So I guess what led you to the realization that chasing success was not the path that you wanted to take? I think it wasn't that I didn't want to be successful. I think it was the fact that what I thought success was then is very different to what I think success is now. Mm -hmm. So for me now, success is all about how I feel. Mm -hmm. So how much peace I feel in my body and mind, how quiet my mind is, whether I can do the things that I love without worrying that I should be somewhere else, without feeling guilty for prioritizing myself, Mm. without kind of worrying what other people might think about me and, and all of that noise. And I think that, again, really not uncommon, but what I thought success was before was stuff so status in career the associated things that go with all of the sort of trappings now i'm I'm not saying it's not nice to have nice things of course it is but what i've learned through my own journey and what i help clients see is that like happiness and and fulfillment and inner peace and emotional freedom aren't found in things that they're found in relationships and really crucially our relationship with ourselves. And I think the biggest measure of success that's changed for me is how I feel about me and my life. Whereas 12 years ago, wasn't even part of the conversation. Like I was so unaware that that was even a thing. 
that's actually awesome that you can find that out at such an early age because some people spend their entire lifetime before they get that realization. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I feel blessed. I think that I was so pushed to, to achieve without, or I was so pushing myself without realizing that's what I was doing right. that I got to the point where something inside of me was like no more and and it was shouting so loud that I had no choice but to listen but for the previous decade I'd just been pushing it away and ignoring it and I think that's so common yeah I mean we were all you know I shouldn't say we're all but a lot of us were trained and grew up with that mentality of you have to work hard you have to work hard you have to climb that corporate ladder you have to do the best that you can and be successful and you have to have a house and you know all of this and, you know, at the end of the day, you can't take any of that with you. At the end of the day, it's how happy are you? You know, how, how yeah. you know, yeah. So that's actually good that you accomplished that at an early age. Yeah. Wow. Now, I guess what have been some of the biggest learnings that you've taken away from your journey as an empowerment coach? Oh, there's been so many. I think the biggest one in terms of what I've learned from working with clients is how many people are operating on autopilot. So that's what got me to the, the, you know, operating on autopilot led me to to chase status and then have the realization. And I think that so many people are in that space of life is happening to them, that, that they're a victim of life. They don't realize that, but it's because they're, they're not questioning why they're doing something and and that was my reality so to be really clear I'm not judging anybody here it's yeah. it's a journey for sure but I think that it's um seeing how commonplace it is to be on autopilot and also how damaging that is because even more so now than say 20 years ago life is so much busier. So people's lives are, I was going to say fuller, but I don't actually think that's true. People's lives are busier, but less fulfilling. And people are working harder and running harder, but it in the kind of hamster on the wheel way and not taking the time because they believe they haven't got the time to stop and say, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? What do I really want? And the, the thing about empowerment is in the autopilot piece, without realizing it, people are disempowering themselves through their actions every day. And so, again, I'm not blaming anybody here or judging anybody because you can't be responsible for that that you're not aware of. But actually, what I see with a lot of my clients when they first come to me is that wholly unintentionally, they're creating that cycle and exacerbating it. And when you realize, whoa, I'm the one that's disempowering myself, I think that it's life and what's happened to me and my circumstances. And actually, it's what's happening in my mind that's continuing the cycle, that when you see that and you learn how to transcend it, you're in a position to change it. When I had that realization myself, I was like amazed and delighted because, of course, that means the power is in within me or in my client's case, it's within them, i.e. it's not about the circumstances that they find themselves in, which is what most people think it is, which is why they're so busy trying to make their circumstances fit with how they think life should be. And that's the exhausting cycle that I think I, thank goodness, realized quite early. 
No, you're absolutely right. People, you know, a lot more people are in this situation and don't even realize it, you know. Yeah. How has the power of being an intention being intentional about creating what you want impacted your life? So the in for me, being intentional is the antithesis of being on autopilot. So it's about being conscious in as much as possible every moment of every day so being really clear about why i'm doing things and what they what they are in support of um so being intentional is around um i talk to clients of mine about um, what i call the foundations for empowerment and they are um sleep relaxation movement and nutrition and they're kind of four quite basic things that when all of the things that I teach around them are kind of in place we naturally have like a good level of of kind of stability from which to move forward from and make good decisions Mm -hmm. and being intentional around those things has enabled me then to be intentional about the bigger things like growing my business like choosing to invest in certain things and and actually it's it's almost that realization of slowing down enough to see where I've been on autopilot that has meant I've been the opposite of intentional and being in reaction to life to be able to reverse that because when you're intentional you're you're creating what you want on purpose rather than creating what you don't want by accident. And I think, unfortunately, that's how a lot of people live their lives until they step into this powerful work and they realize that there's another way. Right. It's funny because we are just so busy, so rushed, so doing, I mean, just the the other night, you know, I'm running, I'm doing stuff, you know, and it's like you say, habit, you know, you take, you, you go to take a shower, you take your clothes, whatever. And I remember I'm jumping out of the shower and I'm like, I only grabbed like one thing and like shorts that I, well, things that I wasn't, that just happened to be in the space. And I'm like, I'm like not even thinking about what I needed. It was just quick grab. You have to go eat. And it, you know, so that created a whole other issue, but you know, it's true. We have to learn to slow down, take yeah. a deep breath, realize what we're doing. And like mm. you say, um, do what you pretty much want to do and not just what you think you have to do, you know? So. Yeah. I think it's getting really clear on, one of the big questions that I talk to clients and it's kind of a small question with a big kind of impact. What do you want? And when you ask people that they're a bit like, Oh, I don't actually know. Or most people will go, well, I want more money. And it's like, well, okay, I'll give you more money. And now you're on a desert Island on your own. Do you really want more money? Oh no, I want more money because, and it's helping people to see that the things that they think they want is not actually about the thing. It's the feeling that they think the thing will give them. So if it's money, it's emotional freedom. But then when you look at, I help people to see, okay, so how are you spending your time? And how is that in support of what you say that you want? Oh, it's not. Okay. So that's not as much of a priority for you consciously as as you're saying that it is. So how do you then rearrange what you're focusing your time on so that everything is lined up? And and when it is, it's kind of like a a positive domino effect. But if it's not and you're in conflict, then that's when it can start to feel really exhausting and and like you're chasing your own tail. Right. Now, what advice do you have for those who are looking to create a life that fits them instead of chasing success? Oh, say that again. Sorry. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for those who are looking to create a life that fits them instead of just like you say, that dog chasing its tail? Yeah. So for me, the really important thing about that is to get clear on what it is you want 
And really importantly, why? Because for me, if if we'd have had this conversation pr- prior to me sort of turning down the role and when I was still like full on in my corporate career, I I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I was chasing success for the reasons that I was. So unbeknownst to me, I was driven subconsciously to chase success, to achieve a status, to kind of prove my worth in quotes. <laughs> that came from my um, childhood experiences where I didn't feel worthy and I didn't have anything like truly horrific happen to me but mm. it's very common in the sense that for me it was um, my, my brother had a better relationship with my dad than I did and who can't relate to that in some right. instances <laughs> but my mind my parents separated when I was quite young and I, did, I wasn't close to my dad until my very late teens and you know father-daughter relationships were kind of looking for approval and and because I didn't have that which is absolutely no blame to my dad whatsoever he was just doing the best that he could it's really about recognizing that I was driven to chase status and kind of my previous version of success in a bid to try and prove worth. I was already worthy, but I didn't feel it. And and so for me, what I help clients to do now is really look at firstly, what do they want? Like I said before, and importantly, why? Because when you understand why you want to do something and it's it's authentic for the real version of you, not the kind of scared, young, you know, kind of unhealed version of you, right. you're, you're really clear about like how important it is in your life and you can line everything up behind it. But the cycle that I was in before, which is something I see a lot and is so common, when you're not aware of of why you're doing something, but you're just driven to and you don't take the time out to kind of learn about yourself and what's underneath all of the kind of like, I must, I must, I must. Why do I want to prove myself? That's a kind of that's the route for exhaustion and burnout, because you're chasing something that's fictitious and I never achieved in in that iteration of me the the belief that I was worthy because it was never true that I wasn't worthy. It was something that my mind made up. But yet I exhausted myself in the pursuit of worth. And I could have had a, you know, if, if it existed, I could have had a job that was, you know, in charge of the world and it still wouldn't have filled the void because the, I was looking unknowingly externally when actually the void was was internal. So for me, it's around getting people to be clear on what success really is to them right. and importantly, why? Because if you if you only focus on the success and not on the why it's important, you could go off chasing things that are going to end, you know, not going to lead to happiness, fulfillment, and ultimately being happy. Right. All right. So I guess tell us a little bit about this. What inspired you to move overseas for a decade? Oh, yeah. So that was an interesting one. So I, I was I was kind of running away from my corporate life in a way. It was kind of when I got offered that job, we already had the plan that we were moving overseas. Um, and I think it was a reaction to how much I gave of myself like more than I wanted to and it was literally like I I just want out of here I I wanted to kind of go and live on the desert island except the fact that I wanted grass because I wanted to take my horses with me (laughs) and and so it was almost like I spent in that old life of mine 
I was permanently like on the move. I was either in the car going to the office or I was in the car going to the yard or I would to see the horses to the barn, as they would, you would say in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, in um, I was, you know, or I was going to the train station or on the train. I was always like in transit mm-hmm. and it felt exhausting. And I, we had a really lovely house and it kind of felt like a hotel. I just was never there. And so... I, I wanted to create a life where everything that I wanted was in one place. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. We moved to France for 10 years. We took the horses with us. We had cats that we took with us as well. And my husband came along, which was awesome. He'd wanted to live in France for a long time. And it was a case <laughs> of how could we make it happen? Right. And I think we moved to somewhere very sleepy. Um, and honestly, what I can see now with the benefit of hindsight is that I was recovering. I was recovering from the years of like abusing myself by just pushing on and pushing on and pushing on. And although I didn't burn out, I was pretty close. And if I hadn't have stopped when I did, if I hadn't have literally checked out, then I I don't think I'd be sitting here today. So what I really learned was what was truly important to me. So we're we're vegetarian and, and they don't recognize vegetarianism really in france the veggie <laughs> veggie option is normally hunger right. <laughs> so we, we took like a big focus of like cooking all our things all our food from scratch and mm-hmm. we didn't go as far as like completely growing our own veg we kind of dabbled but i took like great pleasure in having previously always been like i haven't got time to cook mm-hmm. really like focusing on hey when i eat really well I feel great. So how do I fit that into my week, which is now my life is is busy again, but in a really good way. I've kept those things like I batch cook so that I've always I know what I'm having for dinner is something I cooked two weeks ago and I got it out of the freezer. And then because when we lived um, in the kind of corporate life, you know, we it was all about, oh, you know, I need to have the nice outfits and, and all of the trappings. And I just really like I probably didn't go clothes shopping for like two years and I couldn't have cared less and it was really just kind of like it got me to really understand what mattered because I was able to to sort of step off the hamster wheel Mm -hmm. and see that the world didn't end if I didn't have like the latest tv or a you know new car every year or Mm -hmm. whatever you know those things that people prioritize so it really helped me to kind of it was as close to kind of pressing pause on life as, as you get to have. Right. And it was a real lesson in how simple life gets to be and how much happier I was as a result. So it was a big move. Um, right. And sometimes I look back and go, wow, did we really do that? <laughs> but it was, yeah, I can't explain like how it, as in it, the, the steps, but it was, we just knew that's where we were going. It was like we were called to do it. Nice. <laughs> now, how has your experience abroad shaped the way that you approach life and work today? Yeah, so it's remembering those things that I just shared because now my life, so we, we've returned to the UK. We were there for 10 years. We returned just over 18 months ago. And it was almost like I was ready to step back into the real world as I kind of described it at the time. And Really, what we've done, so so I'm no longer like traveling here, there and everywhere like I was before we left. It was it was a case of, I actually said to my husband, I'm only going if we, it was actually me driving it, but I said, I'm only going if we can take all of the good bits from our life here 
but if we can't then I'm not going and so that's really what we did so we have the horses at home which is a which is a big thing we both work from home you can get like take I'm sure it's the same in the US you can get takeaway food delivered of all sorts every moment of every day and yet we still cook everything from scratch we do have takeaway you know occasionally but it's kind of We've kept all of the good things that and the really good habits that we got into in, in France. Like I really cut alcohol out of my diet and my mm. lifestyle, bizarrely being in France, because most people go the other way. <laughs> right. But we felt so, so good for it because alcohol is uh, wine, particularly is cheap in France. Um, <laughs> I felt so good for it that it's it gave me the headspace because we weren't out socializing all the time because where mm. we lived was very, very sleepy. And so I remembered. I've kept all of the good bits and all of the like really nice bits and I get to have all that the the UK life offers me which is kind of access to people to work face to face and also for me um the competitions for me that I compete my horses in are closer and, and less of an issue so we we really have been able to kind of create the best of both worlds now whereas before we left we had the kind of worst of all worlds then we went the other extreme and it was great for a while until I kind of healed and woke up and then we've kind of come back and we're now in a really happy middle space which feels amazing nice now what lessons have you learned about yourself in the process of becoming an empowerment coach oh so many mm-hmm. I think my ability to have compassion for people with where they're at because prior to doing a lot of this work myself I'm not afraid to say I was pretty judgmental and I know that I was judgmental because I was suffering with low self-worth a lot of people who judge it's because they're trying to make themselves feel better even if they don't realize that's what's happening so I really I just accept people for who they are and where they're at right now and so with a lot for with a lot of this work there's a lot of people that are kind of like I'd love to do that but they can't quite commit and for me I'm kind of like that's okay they're not ready and when they are they can come forward I get that everybody's on their journey and everybody's just doing the best they can whereas if we were talking 10 years ago I was probably much more a kind of everybody's responsible for themselves you're either this or you're that (laughs) And I do absolutely believe still that people are responsible for themselves. But like I said earlier on, we can only as humans be responsible for what we're aware of. And because so many people are living on autopilot, so many people aren't aware and therefore they can't be responsible because they're not aware of, of what's happening. So I think really being compassionate for people and recognizing that everyone's just on a journey. And, and I think importantly, really understanding that not everybody wants to change and that's okay too because I think there are a lot of people in the coaching world who with good intention want to help people but actually when people try and help without somebody saying I'd like your help that's unsolicited advice which is actually also judgment and I and I think that a lot of people, I get it with clients who come to me and they say, I really want to help my sister. I can see that she's, you know, really making herself feel bad. And I try and tell her. And what I help people to see is whilst your intention is is lovely, what that person is hearing is your judgment of them. You're, te- you're unintentionally telling them that they're wrong 
And let's be honest, who likes to be told that they're wrong? Nobody. <laughs> and, and so for me, it's the real balance of with clients, because of course, they've come to work with me. So they want my help. It's meeting them where they're at, and encouraging them forward in a in a kind of time frame and a way that works for them. And, and the balance of the two, whilst also recognizing that I can't do it for them, that's the other thing. You know, I, I show up 100% for those people and they've got to meet me there. And if they don't, then I can only be as effective as, as how much they're willing to commit. But I don't take that personally. I, I recognize that for some people, they're in my world for maybe two months and they have transformations like that. I've worked with people for longer than 12 months and they're still peeling back layers, if you like. And that's just such a combination of things from where they started at, how deep they want to go, how much trauma they've experienced or not. There's a whole myriad of things. But um, it's I just love it. I love being able to really help people to see how powerful they can be when they're willing to recognize that it so much is down to them right and it's good having because you know a lot of times people don't see it for themselves so having someone kind of take you by the hand saying that i see you you know and you can do this and really kind of guiding them through um you know is what makes or breaks them sometimes because people spend their entire life just thinking they they'll never be able to be who they want to be or do what they want to do and without somebody kind of reassuring them you know but like you say they have to put in the effort also yeah and I think the big thing um why this work is so powerful is people will talk to me about what's happening for them and I can tell through their language what's happening in their mind so I can hear what they say is the story in their mind and nobody's actually stuck it's the story in their mind that they're unintentionally telling themselves that's keeping them stuck. So I'm able to kind of hold up a mirror to show them that story. And when they see it and we work through the whole, is that true? And, and we and I help them to sort of unpick it and see that it's not true. They're like, oh, and, and then something else becomes possible. But I think why this work can be hard on, on your own is because you can't see what's in your own mind somebody that I've worked with before actually a business coach talks about the fact that you can't read the label when you're inside the ketchup bottle yeah that's true and that's that's the analogy that I I like because it's that thing around and it's the same for me as well I'm you know pretty clear on what happens in my own mind but if I go work with a coach they can see things that I can't see just by virtue of the fact that they're outside of me and and the value in that is is huge because you just get reflections that you're like I had no idea. And, and, and that's something that I love. Yeah, that's definitely important. Now, what do you feel are the biggest benefits of investing in your own personal growth and development? So for me, it's about future self. So we talked earlier on about how kind of life has become extra busy. And most people are operating on autopilot. When you invest in yourself, you're investing in the future version of you. Mm-hmm. So what I talk to clients about a lot is you're either kind of watering the part of you that wants to grow and develop and create the life that you've talked about and that you say that you want and that you're committed to, or you're watering the part of you that is kind of in limitation and stuck and and false beliefs. And, And by bringing awareness to that, you can actually start to make a conscious choice. Whereas most people are unconsciously choosing to stay stuck and not realizing that's what they're doing. 
But when you invest in yourself, what you're saying is I want something different and I'm prepared to invest in myself to achieve that because that's going to lead me to things in the future that I want rather than more of the same that I've had for the for the last five years. So it's one of the things that I say in terms of like a strap line of mine is do something today that your future self will thank you for. Mm-hmm. Because it's around back to being intentional about thinking, not just what do I want in this moment because I'm stressed out and fed up and upset, but what's the the thing that I can do to support myself today and that future version of me. Right. It's good because when you say the future, because um, like with investments, my husband always laughs at me, like if we have to say I need a new car and he'll, he knows more about cars than I do. So we see a car and has X amount of miles on it. Um, somebody else could say, that's a gorgeous car. I don't care. My first question is, will I get 10 years out of this? Because that's more important to me. I don't care if I have to spend this money. If you think I can get 10 years out of it, if not, let's look on. So, you know, it's worth the investment for the future, you know, because, Mm. you know, people can say, you know, cosmetically, oh, I'll spend this money on this. And what's that going to last you six months? You know, you need to have a clearer picture you have a you know life life is short but you can have an abundant life like for many 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 years and you want it to be happy we're only here for so many years and you know you want to be happy and you want to feel that it was worth something you know and you know teaching people that you know whatever whatever you're going through now can still leave miles and miles miles of happiness ahead you know yeah and i think it is around recognizing it's very easy with the way that the mind works to to go i shouldn't need to invest in myself that was something that i had years ago i shouldn't need this like a judgment i should be good enough and it's like well it depends on what you want and it depends on how committed you are to creating what you want and some people do do it without help it's harder it takes longer there's a lot more self-sabotage and Mm -hmm. i think it's it comes down to priorities at the end of the day and and i think the people that choose to prioritize their own development to invest in themselves then they're the ones that are going to go and make a difference and live the life that they want and i think it it's not for everybody absolutely but i think it is a choice and and for me i'm my greatest investment right it i haven't always thought that though you know it's it's a journey right (laughs) yeah for sure now, what strategies do you use to help people create meaningful lives and careers? So it's very similar to what I said about the question of what do you want? So it's people will come to me with a myriad of things. They may be struggling with confidence. They may be struggling with anxiety. They may want to like exit a relationship and not feel that they've got the confidence to do that, whatever that may be. That to me is a symptom. It's a symptom of what they've believed in their behavior up until that point. And it's important to know that, but it's it's quite reactive. It's very tactical. So for me, it's much more about looking at, first of all, saying, you know, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. And like I said before, importantly, why? And mm-hmm. then working back from that point. So then where are you now? Mm-hmm. And the, um, the work that I um, do with people is really help them to understand, like, what's happening in, in the kind of present that is related to their past. Because so mm-hmm. many people they're actually something that they didn't want maybe 10 years ago happened to them. And in their mind, they think it's in the past, but actually the way that they're relating to it means it's very present for them. So it's, I talk about it like being in their emotional backpack, they're carrying it around with them and it's, it's impacting how they relate to the rest of their life. So 
I support them to get really clear on what has happened in the past that's still very present for them and why. And then I support them to transcend that, which creates so much headspace because they suddenly go, oh, my God, all of this. I'm no wonder I was so tired because I'd spent so long being cross about things that happened decades ago that, you know, were totally beyond their control. So once we free that space up, we'll then look again. What do you want? Because the what you want might change once you've kind of emptied your emotional backpack, if you like. So it's re- it's kind of going back in and checking, okay, so you said you wanted this. Do you still want this? And again, what's your reasoning? Because I think some people or a lot of people, their motivation for, for wanting something can be a reaction to something that they have that they don't want. Right. So there's like you're either moving towards something that you want or you're moving away from something that you don't want. Sometimes it's both. And getting clear on that will really help you define why you want what you want. Because if you're only wanting what you want in reaction to something that you've got that you don't want, when you no longer have that, it will be it will seem life will seem very different to you. So it's kind of like a, a stage process of clearing, checking back in planning checking back in and then just supporting people to understand what's happening in their mind in every stage of the process because a big part of this work is people's minds creating what they believe are facts I can't do that because well has anybody else done it well yeah well then why can't you do it oh because and then the because is all of the stories that they have either to do with their past or concerns about the future we kind of check in with the validity of those and see whether they're actually facts. 99.9% of the time, they're not. They're stories, mm-hmm. they're limiting beliefs. So we kind of, they see that they're not true. We get to clear them and then so much more becomes possible. And then you're almost at a kind of blank slate point then. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a, when you've got a blank slate, literally it's a blank canvas, you can go and create the most wonderful life that that you want. So it's, the process of getting to that blank slate, clearing the past, getting really honest, looking at things like conditioning, like what have we learned from our parents that we thought were facts, but actually it's not. How's that affecting how I behave in my everyday life, how I show up in my relationships at work and all of those things. And then helping people to transcend those to actually then create almost like their rules for life, not the rules for life they inherited from their family. And when they do that, you actually you start to see a different person emerge because they're no longer constrained by what they thought they had to do. Right. They become freer. They have so much more headspace. And then what they think they want is so much greater than <laughs> what they originally said because they've grown so much and therefore the possibilities that they can see are phenomenal. Nice. I know people don't realize like from when you're a child, like how much just your upbringing and your siblings and your parents, how much you know, because they always told me in school, like your mind is like a file cabinet. Everything you see, you've read, you saw on TV, life experience, whatever, gets put in file, you know, file cabinets. You don't even realize, but this is what's going on in your subconscious. And it's affecting every aspect of your life. So you can have something 50 years later, that was something that happened to you when you were five years old, that you don't even realize it. So getting somebody to kind of put that spotlight and say, okay, you know, here's where this has come from, you'll be like, I never knew that. You know, it, it's amazing. Yeah. And and one of the best things about this work, it happened to me just last night. I get clients message me all the time 
and it usually starts with you'll never guess what <laughs> and I love it because it's like it's things that they couldn't have dreamed were possible like how they feel decisions they've made things mm-hmm. that are showing up in their life and it's magic and and, and never gets old yeah that's awesome now, is there anything else you want to share about what you do I think we've pretty much covered it, really. I think the big thing is for people to recognize that they don't have to be broken. Like, I think a lot of people assume that if it's either therapy or coaching, and, and my world is is very much coaching, that it's if you've got an in quotes problem. And actually, it's for thriving. It, it's that thing about if if you've ever had that feeling of, oh, I wish I could do this, but no. the but is the mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so much is possible. So I think it's really dispelling the myth that you only would benefit from coaching if your life is a mess. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, I work with people on on all levels, you know, people who who believe this isn't true, but they believe that they're broken. I help them to see that they're not. And I work with people who are thriving that want to thrive even more and everybody in between. And so I think it's as I definitely think as Brits as well, like asking for help doesn't come as easily perhaps. And, and for women, for sure. Like, you know, it's almost like, well, if I'm asking for help, then I must be weak somehow. The opposite is true. In my opinion, back to what we talked about investment, you're actually backing yourself. You're saying I matter and I'm clear and focused and intentional on where I want my life to go. And that's how you become a powerful human in, in my view. For sure. Now you're obviously in Britain. Now, do you work with people everywhere? Just so if yeah. people are interested. Okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. I've worked with a few people in the US. So I work online, obviously, for people that are overseas. Unless they want me to come to the US, I'm sure I could jump on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, but I do, yeah, I do some in-person stuff as well. And um, and I do work online. So okay. all sorts of different time zones and countries. Nice. Now, how could people get a hold of you? So my business is called Be Your Best Yet. Um, my website is beyourbestyet.co.uk and I am Be Your Best Yet on Instagram and Facebook. They're probably the best ways to find me. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Again, that was Nikki Penny, Empowerment Coach. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show here. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.